0: When I think about how those types of experiences shape me to where I am now, I I think a lot of it about the ocean and the canyons. I think when we were kids, you'd go in the ocean to get healthy. As we fast forward, say, to the 90s, you got to the point where you didn't go in the ocean because you'd get sick. So one thing sort of led to another, but what sort of started me off on a different career path was based on my experience as a kid.
1: Welcome to My First Day, sharing stories of those who've come to the San Diego region from elsewhere and now call it home. Like Rosebud from Citizen Kane, sometimes early childhood memories stay with us throughout our lives and often form who we are to become later in life. Such is the case of former city council member, environmental activist, surf shop owner, and almost mayor of San Diego, Donna Fry. Though Donna arrived in San Diego from the East Coast when she was only about five, she has distinct memories from that day and her childhood at large. Here's Donna Fry with her story of
0: My first day. The first thing I remember about coming to San Diego, and it was probably 1957, 1958, was getting off the airplane at Lindbergh Field. And it was still when you deplaned onto the actual tarmac. There were, there were no tunnels or chutes or fancy things. So you'd walk right down onto, you know, the landing field there. And I remember being struck immediately about the, the air. It felt very balmy. It was very warm. There was a little bit of wind, not much. But I remember the palm trees. I remember seeing palm trees for the first time. It was a, a feeling as much as it was visually looking at this new place at which I had just arrived. It just sort of captured me for that moment. And, and the fact that, that I can remember it so clearly shows what sort of impact it had on me. We came here, my brother and I, I lived back east. We lived in Pennsylvania, which is where I was growing up, and a little bit of time in Boston. And so when we came here, my mom was going through a divorce, and she got my brother and I and decided to come to California. And in the 50s, that was pretty, that was pretty gutsy for, for a single, you know, now a single woman to do. And so just coming from a place that had very hot summers and very cold winters to the air felt different the whole atmosphere felt different it felt it felt right it felt like a place that i should be
1: even at five
0: even at five it felt it felt comfortable it felt like wow this feels good i like it My best recollection seemed like it was, it wasn't dark out, but it was afternoon. For some reason, I think it was closer to the evening time, you know, like maybe five, where it wasn't dark, but it was just, um, I don't know, just deplaning and walking down those stairs and, looking around and standing up on the, you know, the steps and kind of looking out and seeing um, the new place. It just, like I said, it just felt right. It felt like home.
1: From that day on, Donna developed a deep love of the natural environment during her childhood in San Diego.
0: For a while, I remember we lived in Pacific Beach for a little bit in an apartment because I remember my mom really not liking it there at all because there was a lot of drunk people. <laughs> and so there was a lot of racket and commotion going on, so I remember that. Sounds like PB hasn't changed too much. PB hasn't changed too much. But then we moved somewhere else, which I can't remember, but then we moved to a house in Claremont, and it was off of Claremont Drive on Hartford Court. It was a house almost on the corner, and it was beautiful. It had this this sort of round-faced fireplace. It was very modern, and it had a giant picture window, which looked out over Mission Bay. And at that time, Mission Bay, they were doing a lot of dredging for the bay and turning it into Mission Bay Park. You could see Belmont Park, which was very cool. Down below the house, it was all canyons. All the way to the bay, there was no housing there, like there is now. So it was um, a really remarkable place to grow up. So my brother and I, our our most favorite thing to do was to play in the canyon. That's where we lived. That's where we grew up. Was in the canyon, and so we'd go down into the canyon and catch lizards. They still had horn toads, which are now probably endangered, if if not close to being extinct, at least around here. We'd bring them home, release them in the yard. We also had the skinks, and those were the most beautiful lizards. Those had all the different colors, of the blues, and then you had, like, the whiptails with the red tails. And so we'd catch those and bring them home and put them in the yard. Growing up there... And spending so much time in the... and being allowed to do that. I mean, my mother wasn't... I mean, she was concerned because, you know, we would come back and she would worry if we were going to be okay, because we would get into a lot of misadventures. You know, and bring strange things home, like snakes. She didn't like when we brought the snakes home. But, of course, we we thought that was the best ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There was one time, because I was in elementary school, and I'd go went to Holmes Elementary and so after school sometimes I go up there and play tetherball or whatever and I remember seeing a little teeny snake and of course a miniature snake a baby snake was the best ever kind of snake I mean it was cool to see big ones but a baby snake so I I tucked my t-shirt in and I grabbed the little snake and I stuck it down my shirt and I came home and my brother was here and I was so excited I said Michael you're not going to believe what I have. I have a baby snake in my shirt. And so I put it at the front door, and we had a little box, and I popped it down in the box, and when my brother went to reach for it, it started doing, like, weird noises. And he says, that's a baby rattlesnake. And I went, oh. But kids, you know, the snake wasn't scared. I wasn't scared. You know, it's like, yeah, Pop it down your shirt, take it home, got to show my brother. Of course, we, we didn't bring it in the house. And then I was a little kind of um, concerned, I guess was the word. I went, oh, my God, I could have gotten bit by the snake. But I don't know. I think the snake knew I wasn't going to hurt it and that I was going to protect it and make sure it had a safe place to live. So <laughs> I was too dumb to know. Don't book up baby rattlesnakes. By having those experiences here, by being allowed to explore and and fall down and bang my knees up or fall off my bicycle or get cactus, you know, needles in me or cut my, you know, bring home snakes, whatever it was, by being allowed to do that, you, you appreciate it and you want to make sure that it stays that way for everybody, that everybody gets to have the cool experiences that we did when we were growing up. And that's... Probably would not be part of my, you know, who I am or what matters to me if I hadn't been able to experience that when I was very young. I don't know, I look back on that now, you know, the nature, we'd see road runners, we'd see birds, plants, all, all the things that a lot of it's disappearing, a lot of it's not there anymore. but it taught me to have a deep, kind of a deep respect and a deep love of nature and the natural environment and, and also of play, you know, because we, we would create our own sort of adventures, whether it was lizard hunting or treasure hunting or yellow brick roading, whatever it was, we had great ability to amuse and entertain ourselves with the help of the natural environment. And I I don't think that happens as much um, anymore. I think people sort of sit in front of their computers and they have no idea what's out there in the real world. And they don't know how to play and create things that connect them to their place. Children need to be children. And if they don't understand and connect to a natural environment or their place, then they're not going to appreciate it. They're not going to understand it. They're not going to protect it. They're not going to want to preserve it because they don't know it. Kids need to be able to make up their own rules. They need to be able to make up their own play. They need to be unstructured. They need to be able to be wild because that's how you learn to govern yourselves. And that... Because of the way my parents allowed us to have that freedom and not to constrain us and restrain us and, you know, saying you have to do this, you have to do that. That's how San Diego and the canyons and the place, that's how it helped form what eventually what I chose as, you know, a late-in-life career here in San Diego. That all plays a part in it. I'm so glad I didn't miss out on
1: that. That late in life career Donna mentioned started with her getting involved with local environmental issues, particularly around water pollution.
0: It made no sense to me that my husband, Skip Fry, who's a surfer, and my friends who were out surfing were constantly complaining about getting sick. And I'm I'm thinking, that's not the ocean I know. That's not the place
1: I experienced. Soon Donna found herself having to close her and her husband's surf shop early to go to city council meetings to lobby for environmental improvements. Her activism eventually led her to run for, and win, a seat on the San Diego City Council. As a council member, she remembers one particular committee meeting on a sewage spill she had raised concerns about as an activist. Now, she sat in a different seat.
0: To be able to, many, many, many years and lots of hard work later, to be able to sit there as an elected official where I could do something about it and to be validated that what I was saying was correct. And knowing that we'd be able to do something about it and fix it, it was a big, big day for me. And I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the canyon's pretty much gone behind our house now. The house that we grew up in, that canyon's pretty much gone. but lacking the ability to go running wild in the canyons I've tried to create something in the yard in the backyard in my garden creating little spots where nature can survive as much as it's a place for the critters it it, it saved me and it saves me every day because it's it's something that that even even if something disappears, somewhere else. It doesn't mean that if you work really hard and you start thinking about it, you can't create it right where you are. That you can create that same space in your own garden, in your own yard, and not not lose hope. It's a safe place for me and the birds, and the lizards, and the snakes. Although I've never seen a snake in our backyard. I don't know, maybe they're afraid I'll catch it.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, we hope you'll subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast fix. You can also find us online at kpbsorg slash myfirstday. If you have a first day story you'd like to share, we'd love to hear it. You can reach us at 619-363-5032. That's 619-363-5032. I'm Andrew Bracken. My First Day was produced by me for AB Squared Creative Group. Music today by Chris Curtis. Support for this program comes from the KPBS Explore Local Content Fund, supporting new ideas and programs for San Diego. From KPBS, Melanie Drogseth is Programming Coordinator. Nate John is Innovation Specialist. Jill Linder is Programming Manager. And John Decker is Director of Programming. See you next time.